Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris Yao. No, it's not. That is not Chris Yao. You almost, almost had it. I almost had it. That's Wade Neely. What's up, gang? Yeah, yeah. A man who needs no introduction, Wade Neely, joining us here again on Top 5 Tuesday as Wade and I will be giving you at the end of the show our picks for best sports commercials. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Between now and then, we're going to be speaking at the top of the second hour with Terry McCormick from Indianapolis. He's up at the NFL Combine, and he's going to be giving us his daily Titans report powered by Zen Sports. We will also have Chip Walters, the Blue Raider voice, talking MTSU athletics in the second hour. Later in this hour, in fact, in the next segment, we will have Maria Cornelius of 24-7 Sports uh, joining us to talk about the Lady Vols. They are in the final week of the regular season before the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament next week over in Greenville. And there are some things we need to discuss. So we're going to get with her on that. Um, Also, Wade, interesting interesting development in the world of NIL today as Mm -hmm. SEC quarterbacks signed with um, an endeavor that Hadn't really thought a whole lot about, but this is, I'm I'm intrigued by it. So we're going to get into that a little bit as well. And Associated Press top 25 polls for both men's and women's basketball drop yesterday as they do every Monday. We're going to kind of take a look at that as well. So um, good show as we try to have every day from two to four here. So um, Wade, what are your thoughts? What what you got going on? You know, uh, thoughts are, we it feels like we've been saying this for about three weeks now but i guess technically we have is uh basketball 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 but kind of like you and i talked about last week mo when the region tournament starts that's when it kind of starts to feel uh like things are really starting to click into high gear and last night we had the semifinals across the state for all of our public high schools and in the blink of an eye in one night now that field is cut in half We've got our region championships coming up Wednesday and then the sectionals, you know, on Saturday. But we get to do it all over again tonight with the boys uh, team. So uh, it's a busy week of hoops. Uh, But, I mean, really, could you ask for anything more? I mean, this is kind of what you build toward all year, and this is kind of the fun time, really. This is the fun time, unless, again, you are on the wrong end of some of these region semifinal outcomes because that will end your season. Region finalists, as you said, are assured of sectional berths. Saturday for the girls, Monday for the boys, as they continue to make their way toward the Glass House Murphy Center over at MTSU. The girls' state tournament is right up on us next week. Mm-hmm. Boys is the following week. So before you know it, we'll be done with the bouncing ball or inside. Be yeah, and balls elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As uh, those sports get ready to get cranked up as well. And you are exactly right. It feels like basketball is just this giant slog, but then when you flip the calendar into February, man, does it fly by in a hurry. It seems like you blink and where did the, where did our teams go? Uh, And luckily, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to still have a few area squads still in because in the blink of an eye, a lot of your, your competition and a lot of your uh, teams you played all year, they're suddenly watching from the sidelines. Yeah. it, It dwindles pretty quick once you get to this point. So, um, Hey, let's, long as we're here, let's go ahead and talk about that. Let's give you yesterday's results and today's schedule 
on the rundown. This is the rundown. All right, folks, rundown. Let's begin with uh, results from last night. We've talked about it a lot, but girls basketball, pretty much all these were region semifinal games. And we begin in Murfreesboro, where it was Blackman winning 43-38 to over Lebanon. Summertown defeated a really good Cannon County bunch last night, 57-47. to Cheatham County knocked off Stewart's County, 57-46. to Clarksville takes care of Dixon County, 72-24. to It was Oakland winning by six versus Cookville, 66 to 60 your final there east nashville all over stratford 66 to 27 clay county wins by four in a 60 to 56 victory versus east robertson it was hendersonville knocking off green hill 49 to 24 rossview defeated henry county 49 to 45 beach a winner over hillsborough 56 to 44 jackson Southside took care of creekwood last night 49 to 29 a game that i was at upperman really good upperman team folks they knock off lawrence county in convincing fashion 53 to 26 your final there speaking of convincing wins loretto put up 75 in a 75 46 win versus cascade last night it was macon county squeaking out a one-point win 37 36 over portland McEwen 59 houston county 57 it was lincoln county 47 nolensville 44 Pearl Cone wins 49-32 versus White's Creek. Eagleville, and a game that Mo can tell us about a little bit later, uh, knocked off Richland. Tough loss for the Lady Raiders, but a good win for the Lady Eagles. 47-32 was your final there. Chester County takes care of Sycamore, 39-22. Station uh, Camp, 41. White House, 35. And then Smith County put up 47 to just 21 for Westmoreland last night. Those are girls' basketball scores. And again, most of those, if not all those, were region semifinal games. One game on the docket last night, uh, of our concern at least, in the NBA. It was the Nets knocking off the Grizzlies. Tough loss for the Grizz last night. Mo, your score there was 111-86. to Ouch. 25-point loss for the Grizzlies at the FedEx Forum. That's a tough one. A lot of low-scoring girls basketball region semifinal games last night. Let's hope that maybe the um, – the boys are able to open up the throttle a little bit here tonight. Six o'clock starts for Brentwood and Columbia Central in the Region 5-4A tournament up at Centennial right out my back door here. Um, we'll have coverage of that later tonight at MainStreetMurray.com. Um, also at six o'clock, Siegel and Cookville, Jackson Southside and Creekwood, Richland and Eagleville at Richland. That's a six o'clock tip in that region 5-1A semifinal down there. Green Hill and Hillsboro at six o'clock. Down in Loretto, it's the Host Mustangs and Cannon County at six. Clarksville and Rossview are at six. Portland and Station Camp, Lead Academy and Whites Creek. Again, those are all six o'clock tips. At 745, Hendersonville takes on Beach. It's Laverne and Blackman. Fairview plays Chester County. Martin Luther King and Hume Fogg, Franklin and Independence will play at 745. That's the second half of that Region 5-4A semifinal doubleheader over at Centennial. Also, Gordonsville and Joe Burns, East Nashville and Pearl Cone. Fayetteville and Santa Fe play at Richland at 745. Dixon County and Springfield. Down at Loretto, it's Mount Pleasant and Summertown at 745. Also, at Tullahoma, it's the host Wildcats it's the City Cats and the County Cats, as we like mm -hmm. to say. Lawrence County taking on Tullahoma at Tullahoma at 745. Houston County and Wayne County and Liberty Creek and White House Heritage. Again, those are all 745 tips. Men's basketball action tonight 
8 o'clock. You can see it on the SEC Network as Vanderbilt goes to Bud Walton Arena to take on the Razorbacks of Arkansas. Should be an interesting game because you're talking about two teams that have struggled a lot this year. Um, And before we get back with you tomorrow at 2 o'clock, at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, it's breakfast with the Firehawks as UT Southern and Bruton Parker of Georgia will play in the opening round of the Southern States Athletic Conference tournament down in Montgomery. Now, this is um, a women's game. Again, 9 a.m. in Montgomery, UT Southern and Bruton Parker. Uh, on the ice tonight, we talked about it a little last night, Ottawa comes to Bridgestone Arena and will be taking on the Predators. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop. You can see it on Bally Sports South, and that is your rundown. Top story brought to you, as always, by Piggly Wiggly over in Neely's Mill here in Columbia. Be sure and get through there for their delicious daily deli lunch offerings, as well as hand-cut meats, and everything is cost plus 10 at the register. So again, Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill in Columbia, bringing you our top story. And a little more movement in the high school coaching ranks in Metro Nashville, as Arsente Broom sliding across I-24, well, across Old Hickory Boulevard, basically, from Overton to Antioch. That Antioch spot opened up a few weeks ago when Devin Arnold stepped down after a couple of seasons to join Jamie Graham's staff at Lipscomb. Going back to Lipscomb is Devin Arnold. So Arsente Broom taking over the Bears program. This will be his fourth Metro Nashville coaching assignment was previously at McGavick and Maplewood before taking over the Overton program three years ago. So um, Arsente Broom on the move yet again. Um, and this is a, I think this is a pretty intriguing situation, Wade, because Antioch um, kind of surged a little bit last year, got into the playoffs first time since 2016. They've got a nice underclassman quarterback coming back in Andre Adams, who threw for almost 2,700 yards and 30 touchdowns, and they've got a rising senior lineman who has a handful of mm-hmm. Division One slash Power Five um, college uh, college scholarship offers, including Liberty, Purdue, and Vanderbilt, according to the article we have online at MainStreetPreps.com. So Antioch on the rise, and they've got a veteran coach to kind of take them to that next level, hopefully. Yeah, and Mo, is this not a uh, a really good fit? Uh, you got a guy that's familiar with the program, familiar with Metro, and has had a track record. Uh, considering how late in the game that we're talking about a, a hire here, this seems for a program that had just kind of restored a little bit of pride and a little bit of uh, expectations there, coming off that playoff berth for the first time in nearly ten years. Seems like this is a pretty good fit, uh, considering all of that. I think it's a great get for. Antioch. I mean, I think Arsente has been successful everywhere he's been pretty much. He went to a couple of state semifinals while he was at Maplewood. He's a great player at Stratford, um, and he's done nothing but good things both as a player and as a coach in Metro and looking forward to seeing what he does at Antioch. But as you said, Overton now late in the game 
looking for a coach. So it'll be interesting to see where the Bobcats go. And they had gone back to back six and five under uh-huh. Broom, but their um their twenty two season was a little senior heavy, and they had three guys go on and sign college scholarships. So kind of dropped off a little bit this past year. Finished up at two and eight, but um again. It'll be intriguing to see what Overton is able to do. They're kind of the uh, the last man standing here in terms of getting a coach in now. So always those coaching dominoes and watching them fall is always kind of fascinating to see. So we will see what they do. But Antioch got their man in our Sante Broom. So there we go. Wade, what else you got on your mind right now? Where did you go, man? <laughs> Uh, the internet dropped. Uh, you know, I'm out here. Uh, was at Tullahoma last night. We're going to be at Tullahoma tonight, so we're back at Tim's Ford. And I don't know if the uh, the power boat out back maybe is is running the internet here, and and maybe they just stopped pedaling downstairs. But uh, <laughs> we're back, and so I'm just going to cross my fingers because uh, it's a it's a good news, bad news. It's great because you're out here, and it's very peaceful. It's relaxing. Uh, it's certainly saving me a lot of drive time and some miles on the car, but uh, not great cell phone reception, but I've been knocking on wood. The internet uh, has been phenomenal out here, except for obviously just uh, the drop right at the end of the rundown there, which I apologize to the listeners for. It's it's very relaxing when everything works, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I've kind of, we did this show out here a couple of weeks ago when we had Benny Jennings and I was kind of holding my breath uh, that whole show and, I haven't really stopped holding my breath since I've been here. But, yes, back over here uh, tonight at Tullahoma, and we kind of uh, touched on it in the rundown. You and I mentioned Upperman and kind of how things had played out with their district tournament, losing in the semifinals, and then maybe losing uh, suspiciously, as it were, in the <laughs> Constellation game. And uh, yeah, As you put it that way, yeah. Talked to a couple folks on the ground last night, and in short order, they said, hey, we've heard everything, and I just want to let you guys, or let you, when you're speaking to me, know that we played the absolute two worst games we've played probably in the last three or four seasons. They just happened to be back-to-back. Doesn't necessarily remove the suspicion from my mind, but uh, I kind of at least see where they're going. But last night, Mo, they really turned it on. And kind of like you and I had mentioned a week ago, when you lose two games like that, whether you potentially lose that second one on purpose or not, you wonder how can you kind of rally the troops? And Upperman has ran, rallied them in a big way. They knocked off Tullahoma on Saturday, and last night they throttled Lawrence County. They were up 28-5 uh, to five at halftime, and Lawrence County scored five points in the first quarter. They were held scoreless in the second frame. Well, you texted us when Lawrence County got to double digits, and that made it 45-11, to 11, I think. 45 to 11, they got to double digits with about four minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, I will say this, though. Lawrence County could not buy a bucket, which is unfortunate because they played in Tullahoma's gym, you know, several times this season and have had much better showings, of course. They missed every single shot early, and once Upperman kind of got on them, um, I'm going to stay away from the swarm uh, puns, but the bees really kind of got after them last (laughs) night on both ends of the court. Got a big one tonight. Again, we mentioned City Cats, County Cats over at Tullahoma. Um, And this Lawrence County team has quietly been going about its business all year, man. They've got a bunch of guys that can score and really makes it tough for them to prepare for. And I guess this will be at least their third meeting with Tullahoma since they're coming out of the same district. Did they play in the district tournament, Wade? 
They did. And, uh, you know, Tullahoma had Lawrence County on the ropes and, it, and Lawrence County had to rally from uh, 11 points down in the fourth quarter to get that win uh, in the district championship game. And it was, uh, uh, excuse me, in, in the district semifinal game. And it was very impressive there uh, for Lawrence County to do that. But in that game, Tullahoma is a team, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. They don't necessarily strike fear in your heart when you look at them. But when you get out on the court, it's not inconceivable that you look up and like Lawrence County, you're suddenly down 11 or 12 points and saying, how did this happen? And if they don't bring their A game tonight, you know, it's all well and good when it's in the regular season and the district tournament. But sure. as you well know, tonight's an elimination game this season. Yep. Win or go home. So we and will so, see how that goes. Absolutely. Meanwhile, I'm going to go and check out um, Columbia Central and Brentwood in the um, Region 5 for a semifinals. Columbia Central been on quite the roll here of late. Um, defeated Ravenwood over the weekend in double overtime to get here and trying to remember how long the winning streak is that they are on right now. It's about nine or ten games for the Lions under first-year coach Brandon Levier. So um, they've been really doing some good things and Looking forward to seeing them on a neutral court tonight against this Brentwood High School team that features um, Daniel Cochran, big kid in the middle, who has signed with the University of Chicago. So should be an interesting one. And in the nightcap, it's Independence and Franklin. Never a dull moment when those two get together. I think mm -mm. they split during the regular season, and I think Independence got them in the semifinals of that district tournament. So, um Again, when these Williamson County teams get together, it's always interesting and Columbia Central trying to kind of wedge their way in there and say, you know, not so fast. Don't forget about us. So should be a fun night over at Centennial and it'll certainly be a short trip. So looking forward to that as we are coming to you from the Lee Company studios of my abode and Wade kind of crashing on somebody's couch i guess what <laughs> but um that's that's not a bad way to put it uh and so hey real quick you mentioned columbia i wanted to uh ask you what in your mind having kind of been around them as much as you have this year what what has changed because you're right they are absolutely flying right now i just think it's a belief for some reason i mean they really struggled last year finished seven and 21 lost in the district play-in and i I think they had some success early, began to realize that they could play a little bit, and mm -hmm. and it's just kind of rolled from there. It's amazing what happens when you've got some confidence. And they um they went down to um, Coffee County last week and picked up a big win. They got up big and then had to hang on late and um just playing with a lot of confidence at this moment. So. Um, they are now on a nine-game win streak with the win. I'm sorry, eight games with the win over Ravenwood over the weekend. So they've won eight of their last nine. Sorry, eight straight. There we go. And 12 of their last 13. That's there what we go. done. Yeah. The, the math wasn't mathing, man. But, yeah. Um, so, again. Hey, so, so, so riddle me this. So you're telling me, did I hear correctly, we got a first-year head coach. Mm -hmm. We got a team that struggled maybe a little bit with confidence issues uh, in uh, seasons prior, but now all of a sudden has kind of sort of rolling here down the stretch. It's brimming, man. I mean, they, 
I think they are kind of in a thought process, kind of in a mindset of how are we going to win this game? Mm-hmm. Not are we going to win this game, but, you know, we, we know we are. It's just a matter of what, what it is that we're going to have to do. I mean, they knocked down free throws late down at Coffee County, and clearly it was more the same Saturday night when they took on Ravenwood. So they are – they're doing the stuff late that it takes to win ball games, and I think it's kind of been a work in progress for them all season to get to this point. And I think one of the things is they've got a guy on the sideline who has been there and done that with their their first-year coach, Brandon Levier. So, um, again, it's amazing what confidence will do for you, man. So looking forward well, to well, seeing well. these two games. Where I was going with that is uh, it sounds a little kind of like the team that I cover on a regular basis last year, Giles Mm -hmm. County, with first-year head coach Nick. Obviously, it's ironic that it's Columbia uh, that we're talking about where he came from, but Mm -hmm. uh, kind of starting to repeat some of the same pattern. A a team that's got some energy from a first-year head coach and just riding that energy uh, deep into the postseason. Obviously, tonight will be a big, big test. Obviously, If you can win this game tonight, now you're clinching, uh, you know, a birth in the sectional, and then we obviously saw GCHS make a run to the Final Four last year. Absolutely, you you win this ball game, you are one win away from Murfreesboro, and that's where every high school team in the state is trying to get to in Division One. So, um, we will see what Columbia Central can get done tonight over here against Brentwood. We will see what Lawrence County can get done tonight against Host Tullahoma, and when we come back here on Main Street Sports today presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. We will be joined by Maria Cornelius of 24-7 Sports. We're going to talk a little UT women's basketball and where they stand a week ahead of the SEC women's basketball tournament. So stay tuned with us here from the Lee Company Studios. We'll be right back. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 
Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. We thrive under the lights. A city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Welcome back to Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Wade Neely, not Chris Yao. See, I'm getting better. Getting better. Dangerous. Of course, course it helps when I can see who's over there. So, but yeah, uh, (laughs) coming to you from the Lee Company Studios here as we get ready to talk a little Lady Vols basketball with Maria Cornelius of 24-7 Sports. Maria. Oh, oh, and you've got company. Yes, I had them all quiet and put down, and then they heard your voices, and they wanted to join the show. Well, cats are always welcome on this show. Yeah, um, Maria Cornelius of 24-7 Sports joining us here. Um, Maria, we're a week out from the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. Um, Tennessee with two games left in the regular season at 16-10. and 10. I don't really know any way around it at this point. What is Kelly's status right now? I mean, right now, nothing has changed. The, the, <laughs> the, I mean, the good approach in any approach by any school is to let the season play out. See, see where you end up. See what you do. 
Um, I, there's been a lot of chatter. There's always a lot of chatter. I, I get that. Uh, I, I think one thing people have been asking me about, concerned about, is they think Tennessee won't make the tournament. I mean, if the tournament started today, the we're talking the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. they, they would, of course, would make it. Their net is 37. Their strength of schedule is number two. They, as Kelly said after the LSU game, we do pass the eye test. We do, you know, compete with these teams. Do Tennessee fans want a, a better record? Absolutely. I mean, you're going into the SEC tournament with an outside shot to be a four seed, or you could be the five seed and play on Thursday. It looks like either way you're going to, if you win that Thursday game, you're going to run into Alabama, whether you're the four seed or the five seed. So that just looking at the brackets right now. Now, I mean, that's presuming that that Tennessee can can get one win between Texas A&M and South Carolina. I think everybody knows playing at South Carolina on senior day is an unlikely win for, for any team. Nobody has picked off South Carolina this year. And Tennessee actually came the, the, closest, the closest to doing so. Besides LSU, those two, they're the ones that pushed South Carolina. Still, you know, this is a program that isn't used to wondering whether or not they're going to bit into the NCAAs. Clearly, they they are used to playing for national championships. Now, I know it's been a while since that's been the case. With Sunday's loss to LSU, they assured themselves of their sixth double-digit loss season in the last 10 years. Um, program isn't where they're used to being. Does Getting into the NCAAs, does winning a game or two in the NCAAs, is that enough? Um, and, I mean, I don't want you to speculate necessarily, but, I mean, is there concern right now? Um, it depends on who you talk to. Uh, there, there's, there's some fans that have been concerned since December, and I just kept trying to tell them, you know, let this play out. I don't think there's any doubt there's in the NCAA tournament. Now, if they let's say they lost the next three games, which I don't see happening. I mean, they would be a bubble team for absolute certain. But there has never been a doubt in my mind that they were going to be in the NCAA tournament. I, that, that is just for clicks and conversation, and I get it. Right now, they're sitting probably on that 8-9 line which is where you don't want to be mm-hmm. because if you get past that first-round game, you're on, you're on the home t- uh, number one seed home floor. So you, what you'd want to do is a, a strong, you know, at least get a one of these, one of these two games coming up, win at home, compete with South Carolina, and and try to get through to to Saturday at least in the SEC tournament. And coming in as the four or five seed, you're once again lined up to play South Carolina. So even Don Staley said, putting Tennessee and South Carolina in position to play each other three times in, in two and a half weeks is a is a SEC scheduling fail by the conference. So she wasn't happy with how it lined up. Because I mean, that's the other thing to point out. Nobody wants to say, oh, is going to say, oh, good, we've got Tennessee in our bracket. That's just not going to happen. Tennessee is a threat to beat you at any time. So it's the only way I've been able to survive doing this as long as I have. And Maurice, you've been in this a long, long time too, is let the season play out. I mean, the what ifs could, could tie you into a pretzel. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. And uh, Maria, you kind of uh, touched on a question that I was going to get into. And I guess 
Um, we will let things play out and see where we go from there. And if Tennessee is playing at its best, uh, what is kind of the ceiling of this current makeup of this Lady Vol squad in your mind? The injuries have hurt. Um, losing Destiny Wells, I, I'm not sure people realize how much that would hurt point guard play because Jasmine Powell has had to pretty much shoulder that by herself. Uh, losing Rakia for two months of the season put them put them behind in terms of wins. I mean, Kelly could could shift her philosophy and schedule a lot easier, but she seems to have adopted the Pat philosophy despite the fact that the parity in the sport is at a whole other level. When Pat was coaching, maybe two teams in the SEC each season could challenge you. Maybe now it's it's up and down the up and down the the conference. So it it's a different climate right now. If they're playing at their best, I mean they can get to the Sweet Sixteen, and once you get there, I mean just about anything can happen. But I'll be able to answer that a lot better when I see the brackets. This is a Tennessee team that is very dependent on matchup like a lot of teams have been and there are some teams they do not match up well with at all because they they went into the season with a shorter roster than usual and then they they've taken some injury hits and and Tamari Key I mean bless her for coming back from blood clot she had every right to step away from the game after what happened to her and she she can't go the you know the 30 minutes that she used to go she i mean she is not the tamari key she was in her junior year or her her sophomore year but she is giving just she's giving everything she's got right now and and i hope she i hope she can stay healthy and stay in that 20 to 25 minute range cuz tennessee is a different team defensively when she's on the floor yeah, and you kind of uh, – we've talked a little bit about the ceiling. You kind of mentioned some ma- matchup nightmares. What, what in particular uh, – or what not necessarily specific teams, but what are some potential matchup problems that would give Tennessee a lot of fits going into the postseason? If you've got a, a team with a tremendous amount of depth, like South Carolina can roll in a second five that is just mm-hmm. almost as good as their starting five, That they have just worn teams down. You just get into the fourth quarter – and they keep bringing fresh legs in. Tennessee is not deep at all. About six, seven play, six players are playing the bulk of the minutes, and then you've got some relief help against your top teams. If there are really, really quick athletic guards all over the perimeter, that that can put Tennessee in some mismatches because of who's on the floor. And it has helped that that Kaya Wynn's been able to come in and play more wing. Of course, that puts a lot of burden on Jasmine Powell because. Your Tennessee's more effective on offense in particular when they're moving a lot and letting given Rakia Jackson room to work. So, and then, I mean, this is an obvious thing, but your shooting guards, they, they've got to score. They absolutely have got to score. And the games where Tennessee has struggled against LSU and South Carolina, they have not shot well from the perimeter. And you've got to do that to open up some kind of space inside. And it's interesting that you talk about depth, Maria, because we've talked about that with this team, not necessarily depth specifically, but getting to the fourth quarter. They they played with LSU into the fourth quarter. They played with South Carolina into the fourth quarter and then kind of faded late in both of those. And and I would imagine that that is a, a fatigue, a, a fatigue thing that goes back to depth or lack thereof. It, when you – and this is a tough conference. Y'all know that. The SEC men's and women's. It's just brutal night in and night out. And 
it does affect teams. I mean, when you get to that fourth quarter, because you haven't had much rest and, and you're being asked to do a lot, especially, I mean, Jasmine Powell, she has been asked to carry a much bigger load than you would have anticipated going into this season. I mean, Destiny Wells, unfortunately, the season ending injury, injury to her knee in December. It, it, I remember thinking then this, this is not good for Tennessee. They didn't have much margin for error as it was. And that just, that just sliced it even thinner. As a result, do you see folks trying to do too much maybe on this team? Because the one thing that has just jumped out at me watching them over the last couple of years is turnovers. And turnovers are never good, but especially it it just seems like they have them in the middle of when they're trying to make a surge, make a run, and then they'll kick one or throw one away or or throw one into double coverage or something like that. Just turnovers. problem early they have actually in february gotten that under control they only had 10 against lsu they they but I, and I, if you had told me going in you have 10 turnovers against lsu and you keep angel reese to 11 points i thought they would have had a pretty good shot but they could not hit their outside shots they just could not could not make shots and part of that lsu is one of the better defensive teams they speed you up but they also had some nice open looks and just, just couldn't knock them down. But I think – there goes the cat again. I think you are correct in saying that th- there were times this season where, yes, it was like I don't know how many times I watched and go, I, what exactly are you doing with the ball there? And Kelly has gotten a lot of those execution is- issues fixed, particularly with the turnovers. But competitors do – do they sometimes try to do too much? Absolutely. And I asked Kelly after the LSU game, is there a fine line between wanting to make a play for your team and needing to make a better decision? And and she said, absolutely. But as a coach, you also, you got to balance. You don't want them tentative and afraid and overthinking. So it's, I mean, uh, two of the best guards in the country are sitting on the bench. I mean, Talasia Cooper, I hate these portal rules where she's out, you know, outside the portal window and has to sit for an entire year while other kids transferred for a second time. And the NCA in December says, Oh yeah, you can play. Okay. I mean, she, she is one of the most elite guards in the country. And she trans she almost came to Tennessee out of high school, went to the home state school, which is understandable. And then realized, you know what, maybe I should have gone to Tennessee. So she'll she'll be ready to uh to take the floor next season. But every time I see her in practice or look around, I'm like, oh my goodness, they'd be a different team if you were available right now. Maria, I'm curious, um, outside of South Carolina and LSU, um I, we'll discuss Tennessee. Obviously, anybody that really could maybe make a run in your mind in the SEC tournament to potentially win this thing is kind of a shock. I mean, Ole Miss is playing very well right now. Ole Miss, the Nip Tennessee in in Oxford, uh, they've they're they're. If I had to give somebody a long shot, it would be Ole Miss. Also, knowing how well Tennessee can play at times, I, I don't discount Tennessee. But lining up against South Carolina, that's just that's just a tough road. I mean, you have to hand it to to South Carolina. They have not lost. What have they lost? two games in two years, something like that. They haven't lost this season. It's, I mean, I know that consecutive win streak in the SEC, a Pat Summit record you wouldn't think would ever be broken. Uh, Don just broke it. And in a, in a much deeper SEC too. I mean, 
like I said, there were in, during in some cases. I mean, there have been really good SEC teams. I mean, Auburn been a Final Four team, Alabama, uh, even oh, uh, Ole Miss got there, but they have there has not been year in and year out more than than two teams that could have challenged Tennessee, and that that's completely different. And Texas and Oklahoma are now on the way. Yeah, it's it's a brutal conference. <laughs> It's funny when when Texas and Oklahoma first announced that they were coming to the SEC, all the talk was about football. And then when you think, wait a minute, women's basketball, softball, Mm -hmm. baseball, this isn't just a football thing. This is going to be paradigm shifting across all sports and certainly both Texas and Oklahoma have women's basketball traditions that it's going to be intriguing to see when they get here what that shift means across this conference it yeah volleyball track and field i mean it's it's yeah i mean volleyball the texas defending national champs and tennessee was the only team that took them to five sets in the ncaa tournament this this last december no i i agree that everybody like you said football football i'm like wait a minute you guys look at these other sports this has mm-hmm. a seismic change in the conference i am glad that Texas and Tennessee will start playing each other again. That that series got interrupted on Texas's end, and I'm like, well, now Texas is coming. You're in the SEC. You got to play once a year, so so let's go. Certainly. That series had gone on since 1987 when it got interrupted. Oh wow! And Stanford uh, didn't re up with Tennessee. That could have been, you know, partly a move of of their shift. But that was another long time series that that didn't get re-upped this year, not on Tennessee's end in either case. They would have got Kelly. She'll schedule anybody. She would have gladly scheduled both. She may need to rethink that. I mean, you, you'd love to go in, you know, you might, you'd love to go into December or January, you know, at 12 and two, but you know, instead she just start to keep lining them up. <laughs> Maria, as, as again, the sec women's basketball tournament is next week. Who's got the best chance of beating South Carolina? I mean, LSU played them, what, within three three points, three, four points? They were at home. Um, I mean, they've got a shot. Oh, Ole Miss, they they came close last season. They they haven't – that's the last one that uh, – I, I believe that's the last one that Coach O is trying to pick off in the SEC. Uh, I, I mean, those two – I mean, Tennessee could possibly meet them – if they got to Saturday, they'd have to win Thursday, win Friday, and then you're playing your third game in three days. And that's another thing. I mean, Tennessee isn't built for consecutive, consecutive, consecutive days mm-hmm. in the SEC. So that's that's not an ideal situation to be in either. But, I mean, LSU LSU would be an interesting matchup. So would Ole Miss. And, and Tennessee's got to hope it, it gets a shot because they that means they would have won Thursday and Friday. They really need to get to that four spot, though, don't they? It's helpful, but they need some help, and um, they, they're not in control of their own. It, 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 like I said, it looks like it's going to be Alabama in that four spot if things play mm-hmm. out. You know, if Alabama were to win their next two games, and mm-hmm. and Tennessee got a, a an incredibly brutal end to the SEC conference. I mean, Kelly was political about it, said, "Oh, every game's tough," but. They got two, three physical big teams in LSU, Texas A&M, and South Carolina to, to close out. So you don't go into the SEC tournament the least bit rested. You go in with just a gauntlet of the last three teams you played. 
Maria Cornelius of 24-7 Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. Maria, appreciate your insight. Look forward to swinging back to you here as we head into postseason play and um, have fun with the Lady Vols. Yeah, if once the bracket comes out, if you want to have me back, just let me know because that's when you can really start breaking it down a lot more. Who does Tennessee match up with? So, but so. it's um, I always just tell people let it play out, and then we'll then we'll deal with the drama afterwards. Mm-hmm. So let let's see how it goes. There we go. Hey, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Thanks. When we come back here on Main Street Sports today in the Lee Company Studio, um. Jackson Dart down at Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if frequent flyer miles will apply in this situation or not, but we will check it out when we come back after this break. Stay with us. Live under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back into the Top Tuesday, Top 5 Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports today here on Main Street Sports, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, Wade Neely, Maurice Patton, and Wade, like I said, we got word earlier today, um, Jackson Dart of Ole Miss has signed an NIL deal with um, Nicholas Ayer. The first private jet partnership for a player in college football history. He's going to receive an undisclosed number of flights for travel, training, and philanthropy. That's. I mean, that's that's the natural trio, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to yeah. include a little philanthropy in there, or else it would be a total sh- uh, sham of a deal. But you uh, got to have the philanthropy. Yeah, yeah. So. Sort of like all those guys signing contracts with the Braves and donating five percent to the um, the Atlanta Braves Foundation. Yeah, um, I don't know why this hadn't been done before, mm-hmm. and it just kind of makes sense. It, it's kind of a natural progression, I guess, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and with all due respect to Jackson Dart, yeah, you're right. I'm kind of surprised that we have not seen a quote-unquote more high-profile player potentially land a deal like this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily how this whole uh, partnership kind of came to fruition, but it is interesting that that Dart kind of becomes the first. And you're right, that's a natural space to kind of get into. And uh, for a sport that is so long uh, had a fan base that has tracked – coaching uh, flights on FlightAware and FlightRadar.com. Uh, it's interesting now that uh, I suppose if we really wanted to, we could find out exactly where uh, Jackson is traveling to. Where, where he's do going his with his, with his, with his fle- free flights. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, um, The these guys work in such a – expanded space. I mean, they're, they're going here and there for training for, for, you know, appearances, different things like that. So, and I, I can't imagine that the flights are just for him necessarily. Right. Yeah. I would imagine not, uh, presumably in the language there, it, it carves out some space for friends and family, uh, or at least I would certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. And I do find it interesting also that, uh, the college sports landscape, you know, 
not even 10 years ago, this type of uh, accepting a free flight would have uh, gotten your program basically uh, landed in hot water with the well, SEC. It, if you recall, I, I think that there is a flight involved with a certain Tennessee quarterback that's currently kind of up in the air as well. So I see what you did there. And it is uh, very interesting that, yeah, this, this is something that would have gotten your team absolutely uh, raked over the coals. And now it's uh, we're sitting here, you know, in, in late February in 24, and we're saying, man, this is a pretty sweet little NIL deal. And mm-hmm. um, it just kind of shows the ever-evolving landscape of college football, college athletics, and the world of, of NIL. And kind of to bring it back full circle, this is a kind of a natural fit, right? Because, I mean, ain't necessarily an easy way to get to Oxford, Mississippi, uh, unless you got a private jet. So it certainly makes things a lot easier in that regard. Yeah, and, and you got to feel like he's not going to be the last guy either, right? I mean, no, I would kind of I would. The, this, this is kind of the tip of the iceberg kind of opening the the pandora's box as far as this goes this is this is something that now everybody else asked for right yeah and that's that's kind of the interesting thing uh when you think about it like this too is uh if you're a brand manager or an agent i guess as it were in an extent for a college athlete you're probably scratching your head saying why didn't we think of that Mm -hmm. now what you're thinking is okay what can we potentially go after? There's we, really we kind of no, really kind of no industry at this point that's left to be unturned, whether it's, you know, uh, marketing sweet tea, like we saw down in Alabama, or, you know, uh, potato chips, uh, some of those early NIL deals for, for the guys down there. But now we're into the realm of private jets. I mean, wh- you know, if I'm a brand manager, that's, that's a full-time job is trying to think of what industry I could potentially get into to get my guys some more exposure. And you kind of feel a little bit like you got caught sleeping, right? Yeah, that's what I, that's the way I'm thinking of it. If I'm a SEC quarterback or a big time college football uh, superstar, I'm saying, "Dang, where's my jet deal?" Right? Why didn't Why didn't you uh, think of that jet deal for me? You know, to like I said, family member or agent <laughs> or however you want to phrase that term there. Like you're fired. Right. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you mean this guy got a a jet I, deal and I'm this stuck? Guy. Uh, yeah. This, yeah. this, you know, this is me as a, as another college football player. You mean this guy got a, a jet deal and I'm over here having to uh, do rinky dink commercials for yeah, know, small car- used car lots. Carson Beck is getting a Lambo and this guy's getting a, a jet. What? What? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Also that, you know, we kind of had uh tongue in cheek made fun of, uh, you know, was, was Beck Lambo worthy a couple weeks ago and, <laughs> and Dart says, you know what? I'm not even worried about a Lambo. I'm just looking for private jets. So that's that's the biggest flex I think so far we've seen in college uh, a, in terms as, of NIL. As flexes go, this is a pretty good one for sure. Um, Kirby Smart flexed, loses Dell McGee, his running backs coach, to Georgia State, where he will now be the head coach. It goes and picks off Georgia Tech assistant Josh Crawford to replace him. So, um, lost a guy who was a really impactful recruiter in the mm-hmm. state of Georgia and went and got another one. Um, Crawford coached wide receivers for Georgia Tech last year. He's a former running back at Morehouse, got his degree at Georgia. Um, 
one of two new assistants at Georgia, along with James Coley, who's coming back to Athens after earlier in this offseason taking a job at South Carolina, like last month. So, you know, I don't know how anybody at this point can be upset with kids in the transfer portal when coaches are moving around like this. Again, James Coley took a job at South Carolina on January 12th. It's February 27th, and he has just taken a job at Georgia. Yep. Uh, like you said, you can't uh, fault the kids when when you're seeing this. It's kind of like we touched on last week, too. When you, when you commit now, you better be committing to the school uh, if, if you're looking to stay long term, because coaches are are moving willy nilly just as uh, the, they and they really kind of have been, maybe not to this extent, uh, but now it's it's just even more or just as rampant. Got to be apartments, not houses, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and that's that's just amazing. Oh, and one move that that almost eluded us. I don't know if you remember, Wade, but Chris and I were talking about um, the Tennessee State offensive coordinator from South Dakota State um, that Eddie George was able to bring in, and I'm losing his name, but he has taken a spot at Iowa State, apparently. Um, hang on just a second. Tyler Roll. Again. Arrived at TSU about a month ago, maybe a little more, but he is now moving back closer to North Dakota State, joining the staff at Iowa State. So, yeah, and it's it's continuing to just kind of move at a breakneck pace. Uh, I'm seeing that report too here on uh, the ESPN wire, and I mean. It's, it's really almost, honestly, you, you have to be 100% engrossed in the sport to keep up with things as fast as they're flying across the, the radar these days. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a really tough deal for Tennessee State because, again, this guy was thought to be probably the top offensive coordinator in FCS, and Eddie George had gone out and gotten him to uproot from his alma mater to come to Nashville to work at Tennessee State. And less than a month later, he's off again to Iowa State. Apparently his family had not moved yet, so makes it a little easier. But still, that's – man, that's tough. Yep, and uh, we uh, unfortunately – I don't think we're probably even done uh, before summertime. There will be some other big shakeups that happen. Everybody's kind of just it's, – it's, it really is. Um, and there's, like no for, off, for, there's no off season for it. I mean, it's, it's just all the time. That's what, Yeah, Matt Brown from Sports Biz was on with us last week, and uh, we talked with him, and he said, yeah, there, there is no off season. I mean, it is all business all the time in the world of college uh really athletics as a whole but obviously especially in terms of college football certainly when we come back here on main street sports today presented by the tennessee orthopedic alliance of columbia it'll be 
Terry McCormick, the Titan Insider, with the top of the hour Titans report. He'll be coming to us from Indianapolis, site of the NFL Combine. So come back with us to the Lee Company Studios after this. Welcome to Protein Snack Shop, your destination for healthy and delicious low-carb snacks. Our specialty lies in providing protein-packed desserts that are perfect for those following a keto diet. Our products are made with high-quality ingredients, ensuring that you can satisfy your cravings without compromising your health goals. From a variety of flavors and options to choose from, you can enjoy guilt-free snacking while staying on track with your fitness journey. Don't miss out on our limited-time offer. Discover Protein Snack Shop today. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. We thrive under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Welcome back to the Top 5 Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports Today presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Wade Neely, and we are joined now by... And music can only mean one thing. It's Terry McCormick, the Titan Insider, with his Top of the Hour Titan update presented by Zen Sports. Terry. Talk to us. That's right. It is the Zen Sports Titans update, and it's brought to you, as always, by our friends at Zen Sports. And up here at the Combine, uh, both Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon spoke with media today, both the national media and the local guys, and uh, imparted some of the things that they're hoping to do uh, to get this franchise rebuilt and going back in the right direction. And one of those things is that they now have their scouts and coaches Working together, they had some sessions that were done before they got here to the combine, uh, kind of giving the scouts a prep, you know, preparatory talk and preparatory uh, display, I guess, of what they are looking for from the coaching staff is in terms of players. Because under Mike Vrabel, obviously the Titans, you know, had one type of player, uh, you know, that fit his system. Now that Brian Callahan is 
in charge of uh, coaching the team. They've gone a completely different direction. So sometimes some of these guys that maybe wouldn't have been a fit for what they wanted to do under Frable might now be a fit for what they want to do under Callahan. I think number one priority in that uh, regard is this team has aspirations to get faster on the outside and have more playmakers at the skill position rather than going three yards in a cloud of dust, which I think that's something that we all knew was going to happen eventually. But I think the interesting part of that is re-educating the scouts and getting them to go back and reevaluate the players that are available uh, up here at the combine in the draft and in free agency to see who fits and who doesn't now. That's interesting, Terry, because I guess I just wouldn't have necessarily thought that the style of player would change that much from one regime to another. Um, uh, I mean, you would think that everybody wants to be fast, but that's hmm, okay. Yeah, I mean, you would kind of think that, but, you know, the Titans have proven not to be very fast in terms of you know, what they have on the outside. I mean, when you're running the offense through Derrick Henry, and I'm, you know, and I know that a lot of people would laugh about this and, and go, well, you know, but when you're running the offense through Derrick Henry, one of the priorities that the Titans had for their wide receivers was to block. Well, now those guys are going to be asked to catch footballs. <laughs> what a novel concept. <laughs> receivers that receive? Yes. Hmm. Who Say knew? it isn't so. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Um. Now that kind of comes back to not just the combine, but that kind of comes back to your current roster as well, right? I mean, are there some guys currently here that because they don't necessarily fit that profile may not necessarily be here? Well, that's a question that I've asked a time or two, both of Rand Carthon and of Brian Callahan. And I think that Brian Callahan gave a really good answer. This was before the combine, but at the last, uh, you know, session that we had with him, he said that it is his duty and the coaching staff's duty to find what the guys currently under contract can do and be able to maximize that, find out how they can use them. Here's where I think it's going to change a lot. You know, in the old way of doing things, it always seemed like there were a half a dozen guys on the roster who didn't contribute much other than to run down and cover on special teams. And while that's a valuable skill to have, you know, when injuries inevitably happen and you have to put in the wide receiver or the linebacker who's not used to doing wide receiver or linebacker things, those guys often get exposed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think now the philosophy is find more guys who have offense and defense skills and teach them how to run down and cover a bunt. It makes, uh, makes a lot of sense, Terry. Hey, really since, uh, since, since we've kind of been chatting about getting faster and potential talk of wide receivers and, well, uh, actually catching balls, a hot name that was uh, floating from the moment the coaching change went down is Ben T. Higgins. We saw the Bengals put the franchise tag on him, but now kind of some gossip, and you're right there in Indy, but gossip coming out of 
the combine week is that uh, the Bengals may be potentially open to moving T. Higgins. How serious are the Titans? Are they potentially a player to, to finally get this guy? Well, I don't think you can completely dismiss it as just rumor or whatever because, you know, obviously Brian Callahan's uh, familiarity with T. Higgins goes back to the five years that uh, Callahan was in Cincinnati and Higgins was there for a good part of that tenure and became one of uh, Joe Burrow's favorite targets, uh, you know, probably ranked second behind only Jamar Chase. And I think that in a situation where the Bengals know that they're going to have to pay Jamar Chase a big sum of money probably next year. So the question becomes, can they afford to keep both of them? Now, the thing that's in their favor here and with placing the franchise tag on T Higgins, which may, which will allow them to keep him is the 30 million extra dollars that the cap went up. So if the Bengals want to keep T Higgins, that certainly makes it easier for them to be able to do so. The, the thing is, what's it going to look like in the long run? You know, can they structure a T Higgins deal if they can get one once he's, you know, off the franchise tag? Can they work something out, you know, long term? Or do they let him go after one year on the franchise tag? What happens? Or do they try to move him now? But uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think you can completely just dismiss this as, you know, you know, rampant rumor. You know, I don't yet put a lot of stock into the fact that the Titans were are going to be willing to, you know, make a trade because they don't have a lot of draft picks to give up, mm-hmm. and they need they need draft capital worse than they need to trade for veterans, especially with ninety million dollars of cap space. So I think the Titans could potentially look elsewhere in free agency and in the draft for help at receiver, but you never say never, especially with when T Higgins has such a history with Brian Callahan. In addition to Callahan, you mentioned that uh, Rand Carthon spoke to the media as well, which is one of the few times uh, that's kind of went down. What else did you maybe take away uh, from the GM and kind of what he gleaned, if anything, I suppose? Well, I'll say this. You know, the first few times we've dealt with Rand Carthon, it, it kind of felt like he was very guarded. He was not really saying a lot, not really letting a lot of information out there. And I, and I get that. That's part of his job is not to – you know, spill the house secrets. But today it felt like he was much more comfortable in dealing with the media and answering questions, having conversations, you know, the back and forth that goes on between reporters and coaches and GMs and things like that. I felt like he felt a lot more comfortable in his own skin and in the job that, you know, he had to do there in the moment. And I think, you know, I think part of that probably just stems from the fact that it's his show now, you know, uh, Amy Adams Strunk has put him in charge of this, and he's supposed to work in conjunction with Brian Callahan to get this thing fixed. And I think, you know, he knows that he's the guy in charge. And so, you know, things are going to go down a certain way. And I think he's, uh, you know, you know, feeling feeling much more comfortable in that role. Terry, could some of that guardedness early on just be from the fact that this was his first time in that role? I'd say there's probably something to that. I, I don't. I, and then I'll also say too that maybe some of it was operating in the shadow of Mike Vrabel, who was a very, you know, prominent guy. You know, we've already heard the report of, you know, teams <laughs> afraid to hire Vrabel because he was too intimidating. <laughs> but but Vrabel does Vrabel does cast a very large shadow, figuratively and literally. And and I think that maybe Rand Carthon was just kind of biding his time, accepting the 
secondary roles, so to speak, uh, behind Vrabel in terms of, you know, being the face of the franchise. But I think he was much more comfortable and seemed like much more himself because we've heard people say he's a quote relationship builder. And it certainly felt like that today more than any other time I've dealt with it. I'm, I'm intrigued by you bringing revisiting that Vrabel situation and his physical stature and the impact of, do you actually think there's something to that in the national football league? You wouldn't think so because most of the players are going to be, a lot of them are going to be just as big and just as intimidating as Vrabel. Now, who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe some of the owners and some of the GMs and people who came up through the side of the game that, you know, that didn't play football past high school or junior high or what have you, maybe some of them are a little bit intimidated by it, but I got a good laugh out of it. I, I, I mean, I know Vrabel's personality from, dealing with him i think deep down i think he's a he's a good man but he certainly is one who is willing to voice his own opinion and inject his own uh feelings into conversations don't you want that though i think you do want some of that (laughs) you want it to a certain level but i also think that you know there's the old phrase was it plays nice with others. I think sometimes you have to play nice with others. I think that's kind of what Amy Adams Strunk was wanting out of this organization in terms of her general manager and her head coach getting on the same page because John Robinson kind of, you know, was running things and Mike Vrabel was answering to him. Then Vrabel took the forefront once Robinson was fired even though he didn't have the title of having more power, he certainly was the face of the franchise. And now it certainly ran Carthon's show uh, to work in collaboration with Brian Callahan to try and get this thing out of the ditch and get the Titans back into contention as soon as possible. That's it's really pretty wild all the way around. Um, but Terry, you're going to keep us informed from Indianapolis the rest of the week, right? I will keep you informed. What? Um, I'm actually heading back to town tonight. Now that oh. the Titans are done. Oh. I'm actually heading back to town tonight, but uh, I will continue to monitor the proceedings from up here over the next few days. Yeah, Terry, I was going to ask if we could get a shrimp cocktail report uh, while you're in Indy from St. Mm-hmm. Elmo's for us. Please. Little St. Elmo's. Yeah, well, I yeah. haven't made it over there. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> May have to stop at Red Lobster and get a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> That's that's unfortunate. Well, Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All right. Let's talk about Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee that's bringing sports betting to a whole new level, literally with their new boosted same-game parlays. When you sign up for Zen Sports, you'll automatically earn up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. If your first bet loses, you'll be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000. 
And now Zen Sports is offering 10 boosted same-game parlays for NBA and NHL every single day. That's 10 bets, each with a 10% boost, and you can bet on every single one of them. And there's even more good news. Zen Sports offers a -a one-of-a-kind VIP rewards program. If you qualify, you'll earn monthly comps at sporting events, concerts, you name it, even sportsbook bonuses. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel that your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. So what are you waiting for? The daily same-game parlay boosts go quick, so get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. No danger of first wager. Limited to plus 500 odds to qualify. Boosted odds are derived from equivalent parlay bets offered in Tennessee. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. I'm Maurice Patton, and on Main Street Sports Today, we bring you the voices of your favorite teams from preps to pros. Um, otherwise known as the VOT, Mike Keith. The, the bottom line is, we can teach Will Levis woke. I just don't know who's going to work with you on your base stealing now that he lies. <laughs> well, that has nowhere to go but up. And I was just like, oh, guys, not again. Can we just bury that, burn that footage, and not bring it back? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep it going past the All-Star break. And uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. There's always a good story to tell. Can you guess where I am today, Mo? Where, where am I? It's, it's Reece not Reece Smith Field. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because anytime you play Chicago, you want to win. That's you, just. You got that right. And when you're walking the dog, you keep the bags that you need for the dog in the bag and you don't even have to wear it. You can just hold it, which is what I do when I walk the dog. So I think I think the fanny pack probably needed a little rebranding. <laughs> it did. So, it really did. Um, it, 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 on your show logo, we've got to get a puck in there. There's a basketball, there's a there's a baseball. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not a buck. How about Mo brandishes a hockey stick? Tune in daily at 2 p.m. on Main Street Media TV. Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. We are here in the Lee Company Studios, Wade on Tim's Ford Lake. Myself in my humble abode here and um, Associated Press Top 25 polls came out yesterday as they do on Mondays. And there's a new number one on the men's side. Mm-hmm. We give you the Houston Cougars. Fresh off of a 82-76 win at Baylor over the weekend, ascending to the number one spot are the Big 12 Cougars, followed by Purdue, UConn after that loss last week to Creighton, Tennessee up a spot to four, the first of six Southeastern Conference teams in this week's poll. So um, Tennessee just keeps hovering right around there in that four to eight spot. It'll be interesting if they are still there next week after they play Auburn and Alabama this week. Um, Auburn at home, Alabama down at Coleman Coliseum in Tuscaloosa. So big week for the Vols. 
Yeah, this is a chance for Tennessee to really kind of flex its muscle and kind of just strong arm its way. Uh, you know, we'll catch up with Jerry Palm like we've done the last couple of weeks. And he had told us, he said, Tennessee will have a chance to kind of play their way, maybe all the way up to a one seed if things kind of got a little screwy. And as college basketball goes, things inevitably will get a little screwy. And so Tennessee, they're sitting there real, real pretty heading into the final stretch here. They're sitting there real, real pretty. But like you said, they got to take care of business themselves as well. And they are in a business taken care of portion of their schedule right now so it's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out here over the next couple of weeks before the sec tournament as well uh, marquette at five arizona slips a couple of spots to six following that loss to washington state on thursday night right after we had jerry mm-hmm. palm on on thursday who warned us that that could be the case so you know Listen to Main Street Sports today. You might learn something. Um, Kansas up a couple of spots to seven, followed by fellow Big 12 member Iowa State. So you got three Big 12 teams in the top eight. Big 12 flexing. Um, North Carolina and Duke rounding out the top 10. Auburn, Tennessee's opponent tomorrow night at 11. Creighton at 12. Illinois, Alabama at 14. Baylor, Kentucky, um, St. Mary's, South Carolina coming in at 18. Washington State coming off that big win and a loss to Arizona State to follow. But the Cougars are at 19 right now. San Diego State, Dayton, and some newcomers to the poll. Utah State. Yeah, a whole host of them. Yeah, Utah State, Gonzaga, Florida coming in at 25, uh, 24, I'm sorry. Um, I can't think it was that 77-64 win over Vanderbilt that vaulted them into the poll, but hey, who knows. And South Florida making its first ever top 25 appearance at 25. So, congrats to the Bulls. The Bulls. Um, Again, six SEC teams in the top 25. Um. I think the last time I looked at Jerry Palm's bracketology, I think it was yesterday, and he's projecting seven SEC teams into the field of 68. So we're a basketball conference, Wade. Yep, things uh, heating up in the SEC. And that Tennessee-Auburn game obviously is going to be massive. And if you're Tennessee, we're talking about them getting, you know, uh, potentially uh, right in line to move him maybe if things fell according to plan. As a one seed on the other end of the spectrum, if you're looking at Auburn, mm-hmm. that's a chance for you uh, to kind of slingshot your way back uh, up the rankings and get into the top ten, number one. But most importantly, kind of slide your way up the seeding line because they're kind of hovering. Most kind of bracketology uh, folks have them somewhere in the four seed safely kind of range. But I'm thinking, you know, hey, you get a win over Tennessee, you go on a little bit of a run in the SEC tournament, and then uh, suddenly Auburn, we've could be talking about the team that makes a run all the way up to like a number two seed, perhaps if things yeah. fell according that way. Yeah. And I mean, I think what that says is there's a lot still to be determined, obviously that the sec tournament is going to see some or create some movement maybe on maybe some of those seed lines as well. So that that's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on that as that develops here over the next couple of weeks. Again, playing out this last two weeks of the regular season and um, 
the SEC tournament. Um, and you mentioned uh, Tennessee, obviously, that murderers row with uh, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, and Kentucky on the other side. This is the game that Auburn kind of has to load up for because they close with Mississippi State, Missouri, and Georgia. Uh, so in the grand scheme of things, it feels like this game means more to Auburn, at least to me. It feels like it means more for them tomorrow, uh, whereas Tennessee, even with the loss, they're still going to be in pretty good shape, assuming they can bounce back and grab a couple of wins out of their final three. Hey, yeah, and, you know, as we listened to Jerry Palm last Thursday, um, the opportunities, you know, for quad one wins and that kind of thing, this this may be Auburn's last shot for one mm -hmm. of those or, or for a impactful victory that that can move them on a seed line so they right now are a number four um in the east where yukon is a number one so you know to try to improve that tomorrow night's game in knoxville like you said is it's probably bigger for auburn than it is for ut so yeah we'll bear watching on the women's side stop me if you've heard this south carolina's number one are you serious? <laughs> I know it's hard to believe Man. that the only undefeated team in Division One is number one in the poll. But uh, yeah, Gamecocks twenty-seven and zero. They go to Fayetteville on Thursday night um, in their next to last game of the regular season before um, heading into the conference tournament next week. Ohio State at two, no change there. Texas up a couple of spots. Stanford slips a spot to four. Virginia Tech rounds out the top five. You've got Iowa at six, down a couple of spots. USC at seven. UCLA and LSU each up four spots to eight and nine. UConn bounces into the top ten, up five yep. spots as well. Um, Oregon State. North Carolina State, Colorado, Indiana, and Kansas State are 11 through 15. Gonzaga is at 16, followed by Notre Dame, up two spots to 17. Utah, Syracuse, and Oklahoma round out the top 20. Baylor, Louisville, Creighton, UNLV coming into the poll at 24. And West Virginia finish out your top 25 on the women's side. There are only seven others receiving votes, so this is pretty solidly your top 25, but Fairfield is 26. <laughs> Followed by Duke, Princeton, North Carolina, Florida State, Columbia, out of the Ivy League, and Ole Miss round out your others receiving votes. So, um Again, which it which isn't it interesting uh, after the conversation we had earlier in our first hour of the show that Ole Miss, the team that could potentially be one of those squads that uh, maybe gives South Carolina, maybe gives LSU a run and and win the SEC, but as it sits right now, receiving one vote uh, to get into the top twenty-five, so you know they uh, would love to do a little more work to their resume. Absolutely. Um... South Carolina and LSU, the only two Southeastern Conference teams in the top 25, which um, kind of tells you that the SEC has kind of lost market share in no, in those terms there. So, but those Texas your, and Oklahoma next year, notwithstanding, uh, uh, as, yeah, we, as they, we see them flexing in their 
They are flexing. Yeah. So that will, that will kind of change things a little bit as we mentioned while we spoke with Maria um, Cornelius there. So yeah, there are your top 25s. When we come back here on Main Street Sports today, um, we will continue in the Lee Company studios and we will be joined by the Blue Raider voice, Chip Walters, talking all things MTSU. Stay with us after this break. Whether you're an athlete or a weekend warrior, when it comes to your performance, don't settle for anything less than excellence. We're proud to announce that Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic is now Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia, where we are redefining sports medicine and orthopedics. Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance's team of expert sports medicine physicians understands the unique demands of your body. TOA Columbia specializes in personalized orthopedic care, offering state-of-the-art treatments for everything from sports injuries to joint replacements. Learn more at toacolumbia.com. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Your favorite wine tasting experience is back. The Hendersonville Rotary Club's Wine and Roses Fundraising Gala. Everything you loved and more. Saturday, March the 2nd. Prepare your taste buds for elegant wines, smooth whiskeys, craft beers, and exceptional food. Browse through the silent auction. All to benefit over 25 local charities, schools, and scholarships. Wine and Roses. Saturday, March the 2nd at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church, Hendersonville. HendersonvilleRotary.org. Welcome to Protein Snack Shop, your destination for healthy and delicious low-carb snacks. Our specialty lies in providing protein-packed desserts that are perfect for those following a keto diet. Our products are made with high-quality ingredients, ensuring that you can satisfy your cravings without compromising your health goals. From a variety of flavors and options to choose from, you can enjoy guilt-free snacking while staying on track with your fitness journey. Don't miss out on our limited-time offer. Discover Protein Snack Shop today. With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. We thrive under the lights. A city of performers. 
putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. Back to the top five Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. That's Wade Neely. I'm Maurice Patton. We are joined now by the Blue Raider voice, Chip Walters. And Chip, quiet as it's kept, the Blue Raiders have kind of crept back into the thick of things in Conference USA men's basketball. Chip, you're muted. Mute? There How's that? Go. That's much better. So, much all right, better. Yeah. We, we wanted you imparting that knowledge where everybody could hear it. So, yes. I, I appreciate it. I'm not sure how I muted it, but uh, I obviously accomplished that feat. But uh, you're right. Uh, first of all, uh, I heard Wade pop off with one of those just means more comments. But it uh, – uh, <laughs> But there was one. There's one very uh, obvious uh, uh, omission from that top 25 in receiving votes mm. on the women's side. Mm. And uh, and uh, and and don't think that it has gone unnoticed in this community. <laughs> Were they not so, just receiving votes uh, last week or two weeks ago, Chip? Yeah, I guess they won themselves out of that. So yeah. you know, <laughs> all, all they did was. <clears throat> I, I guess you know winning, you know winning a couple games by thirty, you know was somebody took their votes away. I, so that was that was a complete head scratcher. When I was looking at the poll right before we went to break, I said, "Wait, wait a second, wasn't MTSU on this list two weeks ago or a week ago?" And and they've certainly yeah. not lost since. Then. Yeah, I started I started questioning my own sanity at that point, Chip. So I'm glad you at least brought me a, a back to life a little bit. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean they're undefeated in the conference. They're 23 and four right now, uh, and and uh, and again another uh, part of the head scratcher. Uh, I, I saw the net was out and and saw that Tennessee was one spot ahead of them. And uh, so, again, don't think that goes unnoticed in the women's basketball hallway uh, when it comes for needing little. If there's ever a need for a little nugget to uh, to inspire, <clears throat> that that was you know those are those are always there. So, but anyway, they, they've been playing terrific. They got an 18 point very industrial type win in Bowling Green on Saturday against Western Kentucky, 59-41, and then uh, you know and. and the both teams, men and women, don't play a midweek game this week. The ladies have two of their last three at home. The guys uh, do not have an easy schedule at all. They play two of their last three on the road, and the two road games are against the two co-leaders in the conference at Sam Houston this Saturday and then the following Saturday at Louisiana Tech. And in the middle of that, next Tuesday, the night before the state girls' state tournament starts, You've got uh, the middle men at home against Liberty. So, uh, but, you know, the Blue Raiders have, have really, you know, gotten things headed in the right direction. They're trending in the right direction. One, uh, a big game against Western Kentucky. That's four out of six in the series and 17 out of the last 26 in the series against 
against the Hilltoppers. So, you know, uh, it was, I mean, it was just an incredible college game on Saturday night. Re- great atmosphere. Both, both schools have had great atmospheres at the game between the games between middle and, and Western this year. And, uh, thank goodness the, the, the conference scheduled both dates this year after school had started. So the students at both places could enjoy the games and, also, the schools did a good job of separating the two games, the, the women's game and the men's game, to where fans could be at, like this past Saturday. The women's game was at 11 a.m. and the men's game was at 6.30. So you could easily get from Bowling Green and the women's game back to Murfreesboro for the men's game at 6.30. Chip, a name that you have mentioned a lot in this segment came up big in Saturday night's game, Jared Coleman-Jones. Yeah, he really did. He had a double-double again, and that's, I think, six, uh, either five or six in conference play. And he, uh, you know, and, and when Middle's offense started going through him and in an inside-out way with uh, – because he, he is not only – statistically speaking, guys, he's Middle's best three-point shooter. He doesn't have that many attempts. He's 16 out of 33, I think, but that's still – 48% and uh, and he had uh, three threes the other night and uh, he was three out of four. He is, but his strength is really, uh, uh, he, he has great vision uh, and is, his ability to find the open man is, is really outstanding. And his, his, uh, his understudy, Chris Loof, the freshman from Texas, uh, Chris, the Red Rocket played nine minutes the other night, and in the plus-minus stats was plus nine in in nine minutes. Uh, he had three blocks, didn't score a point, but had like four rebounds, three blocks, and and really, uh, I think, played one of his one of his best stretches of basketball. He he, he uh, came in. I, I think he played in three different segments of the game, but he made an impact every time he came in, and. Uh, he he was he and uh, Justin Buford were guests on the coaches shows last night over at the Boulevard. So that was you know he, he, I was really excited for him and it's it's fun to watch kids, uh, especially you know he's a he's a true freshman, uh, he's a prep school prep school freshman, but still to watch him grow up from the time they get got here last July to where he is right now and and the sky's the limit for for him because he he's such a smart player and. And really runs the floor well, so you you got to be excited about what's coming from him. Um, Chip, I'm not real familiar with the tournament format, particularly with the new Conference USA confederation <clears throat> with nine teams. But middle, literally sitting right in the middle of the standings, they are six and seven in conference play, tied with Jacksonville State. Um, two games behind Western Kentucky in third place, you know, where obviously if it were, if it were, if the tournament were going to, if the tournament were going to start today, Mm -hmm. middle and Jacksonville state would play in the four or five game on Thursday. The, uh, the lady Raiders, they're locked into an 11 a.m. game on Wednesday. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to play and fight their way out to where they don't have to play on Tuesday. And, and that's the 8-9 game. There's an 8-9 okay. game for men and an 8-9 game for, for women. Okay. And then, uh, but, uh, but after that, you, it, it mixes up. You've got the, the ones and twos are going to play on, on Wednesday. And then uh, you'll have the, the mid, 
the mid bracket will play on Wednesday. And so you, you want to get out of that because you would, you'll play and there's a good look at it right there. Uh, that's the men's draw and uh, that, that's the way it will set up. Now, one of the differences is there's an added day to the tournament, which is Tuesday. And that's because this year there's only one floor and that is the main floor at Probst Arena. Back in, uh, at Frisco, you had two floors for two days, and then it, it, it consolidated down to one floor. But this is the main floor, and, and you know, it seems like every day we're getting news out of Huntsville of things that are going to be happening during the during the uh, tournament. So uh, the city of Huntsville uh, and the Von Braun Civic Center are really stepping up. They're going to have free concerts on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights that you don't have to have a ticket. You just you just go. It's and it's at the Mars Music Hall, which is part of the Von Braun Civic Center, which is you know so is Probst Arena. You ju it's just all part of that huge complex. So there's that. There's a the Alumni Association has announced that they're having a two o'clock Wednesday function right after the women's game. So that will be uh, there. It's on the, the website mtalumni.com, and there's no there's no charge for that. There is a cash bar and all of that, but there's a lot of stuff starting to come out as as that machine starts to gear up a little bit. And and it looks like you know, right now, it, middle is by far the far and away. They've got a, a four game lead with three games to play and on the women's side. But the men's side is it appears is going to be an absolute uh, brawl for three or four days uh, with a lot of teams that are very similar. So it's going to be very entertaining. I think you don't need to, don't need no ticket. Just get on board. Right. That's right. But you need a ticket to the game, but uh, they'll, they'll have tickets. There are tickets available already for full tournament tickets, but you'll be able to buy session tickets at the door. Okay. All right. So four, five, three, six, we'll play. On Wednesday, is that the way that's going to shape up? Or? On Thursday, I think. On Thursday, okay. All right. Never a dull moment with the Conference USA tournament. But um, the top two seeds, there's no extra buys for them other than not playing because you're, you're yeah. basically well, what happened, tournament. Correct, correct. It's it, You play an 8-9 game. The winner of that gets to mm. play the number one seed. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and, that, and, that, and that's just basically – you have quarterfinal. You'll then on. You'll have quarterfinals, semifinals, and, and oh, championship gotcha. days. Got you. Got you. Okay. All right. But um, <clears throat> you know, for those who wanted to leave the MTSU men for dead, and we'll we'll talk to Joe Sullivan a little bit more about that tomorrow. But, um, <laughs> they are. Um, they've still got a chance to to make some noise. Then is that fair to say? I would like to say I did not come on this show just to say Jacksonville State won last week, but I will say Jacksonville State won last week. That's all I'm going to say. Y'all have a great day. Go away, Chris. <laughs> we were wow. we were having such a good time. I, I, such a good time. I, 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 I did get to see our, our friend Greg Sites, the AD at Jacksonville State. He and I had a nice conversation, and and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, him uh, down. In, in Huntsville. Now, I'm not looking forward to seeing Chris down there. I'll go on the record with that. So I understand. I understand. We're not always looking forward to seeing Chris here either, but, you know, it it is what it is. We all have our own burdens to bear. Um, Chip Walters, the Blue Raider voice, joining us as he does, does almost every Tuesday from Parts Unknown. Johnny Red Floyd? Reese Smith Field. Again. 
Well, I, didn't right. know why, I, I couldn't figure out why you would be in the football stadium, but it kind of looked like it. But I can't really see what's behind you for the light. It's baseball uh, and uh, playing Lipscomb right now. It's uh, one nothing in the top of the third. One nothing middle is okay. middle, and uh, Derek Mason threw out the first pitch today. And how was it? And, uh, it was it was a, a low ball, but it was over the plate. It was uh, and it was in the in the catcher boxed it up nicely. Uh, did not hit a photographer, none of that kind of stuff. So he uh, he did he did good there. He uh, by the way, they had a meet and greet with former players on Saturday, and from all indications, uh, you know, it was very well received. Um, that was before the basketball game, and then he and a couple of several members of his staff were over at the Boulevard last night for our basketball shows. So he's been out and about. He's been Mister Everywhere right, recently, and they're getting ready for they're getting ready for spring practice here in about three weeks. Yeah, um, saw something on that. I want to get back to it in just a second. Did he go from the rubber or from the cut? Uh, he went one half step in front of the rubber. Oh, okay. So okay. Uh, I, I was I was checking that myself. That's that's, <laughs> that's okay. That's that's important, man. I, I never go from the rubber. It's farther than you think it is, especially if you've not thrown in a while. Yeah, so. you're right. Um. Spring practice coming up will be capped by a blue and white game. And I saw that there will actually be a blue and white game and it's going to be pretty straight up and there's going to be a draft. There'll be a draft and there's already uh, from the former player meet and greet the other day, they, they, they had a, a lottery and, and selected two former players that will be the honorary coaches for the mm-hmm. spring game. And, uh, and I, 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 Brent Bush was. I'll tell you who the other one was. Robert Frazier uh, is slip. the other one. I, uh, it, it's, it was, I think it was out on the football Twitter account today yeah so. robert robert frazier is the other one robert right? frazier that's right yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's back in our day right there exactly exactly yeah so uh, <laughs> I, I was pretty excited to see that actually so so looking forward to to that um there hasn't i mean they've kind of done different things to conclude spring practice over the past few years haven't they they have and a lot of that you know some of that was due to lack of personnel because they had a lot of postseason surgeries, and they were they were actually starting spring earlier. This is one of the later spring practices that I can remember, and it will not start till after spring break, and will end uh, in the middle of April. So they've got 15 practices to get in, and they're they're looking at doing that in a shorter amount of time than had been done in the past. So in about three and a half weeks, they'll get those 15 practices in. Okay, great, Chip. Um, keep us posted on the Blue Raiders and, and Lipscomb as we continue there. And um, we are going to get you off of here and get us to a break because we need to get to Top 5 Tuesday. There you go. Top sports commercials. So we will talk to you next week. We appreciate well, is, it. Is, is there one any better than Mean Joe Green throwing the jersey to the kid? <laughs> Quite possibly, but you might have um, stolen somebody's pick pick. there, too. (laughs) Um, Hey, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. 
So again, when we come back here on Main Street Sports today, it's Top 5 Tuesday. Wade and I will give you our Top 5 sports commercials. I don't know if Yao's going to pop back in or not. Maybe he's done. We will see after the break. Stay with us. I'm Maurice Patton, and on Main Street Sports Today, we bring you the voices of your favorite teams from preps to pros. Um, otherwise known as the VOT, Mike Keith. The, the bottom line is, we can teach Will Levis woke. I just don't know who's going to work with you on your base stealing now that he was. <laughs> well, that has nowhere to go but up. And I was just like, oh, guys, not again. Can we just bury that, burn that footage, and not bring it back? No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll keep it going past the All-Star break. And uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. There's always a good story to tell. Can you guess where I am today, Mo? Where, where am I? It's, it's Reece not Smith Reece Smith Field. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because anytime you play Chicago, you want to win. That's you, just you got that right, and when you're walking the dog, you keep the bags that you need for the dog in the bag, and you don't even have to wear it. You can just hold it, which is what I do when I walk the dog. So I think I think the fanny pack probably needed a little rebranding. <laughs> it did. So, it really did. Um, it, it, on your show logo, we've got to get a puck in there. There's a basketball. There's a oh. football, there's a baseball. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not a puck. How about Mo brandishes a hockey stick? Tune in daily at 2 p.m. on Main Street Media TV. Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. Maurice Patton, Wade Neely, and apparently (laughs) Chris Yao um, Mm -mm. sliding in for the draft of our top five sports commercials so um wade if it was just two of us i would typically defer to you for the first pick so as it is i'm going to you and then i'm gonna pick and then yow is gonna go three and three and four all right well since i get to go first uh and there was a little bit of a tease a moment ago. But, uh, you know, I think about iconic sports commercials. What about just straight up off the rip? Give me uh, MJ and Larry Bird uh, in an empty gym just having a good old time. And, uh, I mean, iconic McDonald's commercial from back yeah, in the day. Playing you know? horse. Yeah, yep. I mean, anything you can do, I can do better type situation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. And it's also on my list. Okay, um, I'm going right off the rip. Get it out the way. Bo knows the Nike commercial. Well, if I've got three and four, I'm gonna go number one. Chicks dig the long ball. I had to stay. Had had to take that one because I knew you. you were going to Mo. Damn you! Yeah, See? Uh, chicks dig the long ball is my. We did this to ourselves, Mo. Come in and. Causing chaos. Yes. Well, I am Captain Chaos. So yes, yes. There is that. And if I'm going to go number four here, we're going to go. Uh, it's really hard for me to do this to do this and, and not take this one. But yo, yow, <laughs> yo, 
Yow. <laughs> That's perfect. Wade, number two. Uh, no. All right. Nope. Hmm? No. Pretty sure it's you, Mo. Yeah, it is me. You're right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Larry Johnson's grandmama Converse commercial. That was probably not going to be my second round pick, but it was probably going to be my first pick in the third round. So you, mm -hmm. uh, you have stolen that one away, which is going to leave me. Uh, I don't know how Yao is all over the place with his selections, but uh, I'm going to try and one up him and, and beat him to the punch. But uh, in the the realm of wild and wacky, what about Terry Tate, the office linebacker? Mm. Can I get some Terry Tate action for my second pick there? Yeah, I knew that one, that one was going to be on Moe's. That you wouldn't have taken that from me. You took that one from Mo. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was just a little too straight laced uh, and a little more in the zany realm that veered toward Yao, but uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry if I had to do it. And then uh, go ahead, go ahead and throw me a. Uh, I I can't necessarily even uh, say this yet because he got injured only four plays in last year, so I don't even feel like he's a true Jet. But what about the old school Aaron Rodgers with the discount double check? A commercial that not only uh, was a great commercial, but then also prompted a, one of the great celebrations we saw <laughs> during the heyday of Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to discount double check for my first pick in the third round. <laughs> That's a good one. So is it my turn? Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going. I'm not a huge, huge Michael Jordan fan, but Mars Blackman, the Nike commercials with Mars. It's got to be the shoes. That's my number three. Yeah, that's probably a a good pick there. I'm going to go with – and and this is probably going to be contradictory to everything that we've said on this show, but uh, Little Penny. Mm. I, I mean <laughs> – Little Penny was fun. Would you tell uh, the Little Penny from the science class said hello? <laughs> yep. Oh, was, man. That was on my list. Yep. And that was coming around. How about since since you, you said Jordan and Bird, how about when, when Magic and Bird played one-on-one -on -one with the same shoes? Mm. Magic mm. comes all the way out to French Lick, and he's mm. like, hey, look at these shoes. And Bird's like, already got them, bro. Already got them. <laughs> Let's play some one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, if I make this pick, I'm going to lose something else, but I don't think I'm going to be able to hold on to it either. So, um, as Chip alluded to at the close of his, 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 um, segment, the mean Joe green Coca-Cola commercial where he throws the kid, the Jersey at the end of it. Hey kid catch. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my number four. It's pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. May have been one of the first quote iconic commercials. I mean, that was that's the one that everybody certainly thinks of, right? That's mm -hmm. where sports and kind of crossed over into the realm of sports and pop culture, as it were. Yeah. Wait. It's on me, I believe. It is All right, on boys, you. picture this. The year is like 1999, 2000. And really, you could flip this TV on and see it anytime, but it's on a Sunday. And in this particular Sunday, everybody in the world is watching the PGA Tour. 
<laughs> and there's a man that usually wears red on Sundays. And you see this iconic commercial of none other than Tiger Woods at the height of his power. And he's juggling a golf ball with his wedge. And then at the end of the commercial, one final juggle, he pops it up and rips it off into the sunset. That's a classic commercial of my childhood. T. Woods from back in the day. If for nothing else, I just want to be transported back into an era when Tiger Woods was still at the height of his powers. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. That would be nice. And those were great days. Mm. Uh, one, final one for me. This is just a, a, a personal pick, but it uh, spawned uh, years and years ago. The Wade Neely Morning Show way back in the day. We had a segment at the end of the show called The Big Finish. And there was a song that we played at the end of this commercial. And it's the theme from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But there was a Nike remix. And the Nike remix was from a commercial. It's called Leave Nothing. And it was also from a bygone era when LaDainian Tomlinson and Troy Palomalu are at the height of their powers. And it's really hard to describe. And a lot of folks are going to be like, what in the heck are you even talking about, Neely? But uh, it's LT and Palomalu, and it's the Nike Leave Nothing commercial. It's really kind of a small movie more than anything. As you see LT running up the field, you see Palomalu diving over the line of scrimmage. And the classic beat in the background that was my show uh, outro for two plus years i'm prone to homer picks there you go um my final pick is another nike commercial the michael vick experience that was so funny I, like I wanted to take the Michael Vick experience mm -hmm. after seeing that commercial. I was like, let, let me at. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to do that. Where, where can I do that? Yeah. So that's my final pick. And now is that the one where he's throwing the ball, the nerf ball out of the arena? No, that's a different one. No, this is the one where it's that like an amusement too. park ride. Okay. Where they slip uh, the shoulder harness over you and put oh, you behind center. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, it, it's basically a roller coaster. Yeah individually this is not my pick uh, but the fact that we've gone through this entire thing and not said i want to be like mike is a little insane <laughs> because that might have been the greatest but and it could be the gold standard to be honest but i'm gonna go with <laughs> brad paisley and peyton manning and peyton's trying to write the song mm. and he's like no, no 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 this is not how you do it so <laughs> Give me Peyton Manning and Brad Paisley's nationwide commercial. There you go. That's that's not bad. Um, on my list, but unpicked, is the Under Armour classic. We oh, must protect this. We house. must protect this house. That was a great one, man. Yeah. God, yeah. what a great commercial. I had the Jordan brand with the Jeter. Uh, respect was mm. you know it's a little more serious, and it was at a you know a pretty. Uh, emotional time if you're a Jeter or Yankees fan, I suppose. But uh, that was kind of a cool commercial that kind of kind of sent me in my feels a little bit back in the day. <laughs> well, there is Top 5 Tuesday brought to you by Mid-South 5 Fitness, Thales Steel, getting you in better shape than whatever shape you're in. You can find him at steelathletes.com. Two locations, one in Columbia, one in Franklin, specifically Cool Springs. Mid-South 5 Fitness getting you fit just in time for spring break get at him um yeah we appreciate you dropping Yo. in on us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um 
Where are you? Just out of curiosity. I'm at the office. I'm. Oh, okay. That looks familiar. Familiar. Okay. All right. Well, just in time. Yao is in the Lee Company studio for real. Wade and I are remote. Um, come back tomorrow at two o'clock and see who's here and where we are. What <laughs> <laughs> the Maurice fun of Pat it? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego, right? Um, I'm Maurice Patton. Thanks for joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by the Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance of Columbia. We will see you at two o'clock tomorrow. We got Heather Williams, we got Joe Sullivan, and see what else we bring you. Talk to you then.